Hey, board members, Sarah Maxwell here, AKA the Chief of Stuff. Now, I know you're busy and sometimes just want to keep things high level. So we've created some mini episodes that are short, sweet, but equally insightful. We hope this series gives you a fresh perspective and maybe even a little extra spark of curiosity because you just never know what stuff will resonate with you most. Ready? Let's go. Today, I want to talk a little bit about dining on your own. Now, there's eating by yourself and then there's dining solo. And in my mind, they're two totally different things. Eating by yourself is functional, like you need to eat lunch, you need to grab dinner, you're traveling. You're really just focused on like sustenance and survival. That's what we do most of the time. Now, the second one is dining alone, and that is experiencing fine dining on your own, which for most people is very uncomfortable. It used to be for me too. I would never normally choose to eat by myself at a nice restaurant, but then one day something happened and it really kind of changed my perspective on the experience. So I had a reservation for Cole, which is a like a Mexican restaurant in London. It's fine cuisine. It's Michelin star rated. It took me a long time to get the reservation and It was late enough that I couldn't find anybody else. I tried to find people to come with me, but it was too last minute and nobody was available. And the policy, the reservation policy was if we canceled within 24 hours, we would be charged 50 pounds a person. And I thought to myself, well, I don't really want to get charged 150 pounds for not showing up, especially since the meal itself is less than 100 pounds like per person. I called the restaurant to let them know that the reservation had changed, which was not a problem. I dressed up, I went over there, and I proceeded to have such a fun meal. And it really just changed my perspective about dining alone. And I think that we kind of avoid these situations because it feels, it just feels awkward. But there's so many benefits to dining by yourself. And I have to say, like, it's one of, it's actually one of my favorite things to do. It's like, there is nothing better than sitting at the, especially if they have a countertop, like I'm a big believer of sitting at the bar or bar area, chatting with all the wait staff, talking to the people around you, trying all the food. You don't have anybody to have to like have conversation with. So you get to really enjoy the meal for what it is and experience the food fully. And that's especially true if you're in a place that where it's the chef is well known and the menu is, you know, unique and diverse. You can really kind of just focus on the flavors. And I did that at Cole. It was a set menu. It was 12 courses. I had a little notebook. I took notes on each course. Um, and I used the opportunity, you know, I had a few, I was like, well, maybe I'll write about it for chief of stuff, which I did later. That wasn't my intention going into it. They have this pistachio mole that is amazing. As Guy Fieri would say, you know, eat that off of a flip-flop like it's it's so good the staff was really attentive and nice and because it was a coursed meal you're given the same attention as every other table and because of that I actually think that that's the probably the best way to do dining is if there's a set menu because you you are treated the same and you're given the same level of attention if not more like I had the general manager come and chat with me I had the chef come out and talk to me at one point they kind of gave me extra things like 
they just made sure that I was really well taken care of. And I've since experienced this at other restaurants. So I know that it wasn't, I mean, it was a unique, it felt really unique in that moment, but I will say I have since tried it at other places and yeah, the staff tends to be very attentive to solo diners. So there's a huge benefit to, you know, showing up on your own because it's, they just see it's as really brave and amazing. And so they're really good about taking care of you. The best place to eat is countertops. They're the most social. You can talk to the people on either side of you. You can talk to the bartender, whoever's cooking and have a little bit of conversation. I find that that's where all the action really is. And in London, there's a fair amount of restaurants that have a good kind of countertop scene, if you will. I most recently ate at Dorian. That was amazing. I ate at Thomas at Straker's, Thomas Straker's restaurant when it opened. Same thing happened with Straker's. I had booked a reservation like three months before the day showed up. My friend canceled. I couldn't find somebody else. Actually, I don't even know if I tried to find somebody else. I think I just was like, well, I'll just, fuck it. I'll just go. They sat me up at the counter. I had a great time talking to all the different people. The waitress was so nice. She told me what to order. They were very attentive. And yeah, the food was excellent. And I, it, I felt a little bit like, yeah, it's a food critic, I think. I think when I go and eat alone, because I have chief of staff, I do kind of treat it like I'm a little bit of a food critic, um, even though I'm not. Like, we don't we don't critique restaurants at all. Although now I have appetite and so I can be very clear about what I've enjoyed and what I've eaten and I will make sure that my lists are updated. In fact, I've created a list for solo dining, which is called counterintuitive on appetite. You can follow it there and find some of my favorite places in London that I like to eat at. But yeah, I think the next time you have a reservation and someone cancels and you're really looking forward to going and trying that places, or frankly, if you really just want to go try a restaurant and you can't figure out who to go with, just take yourself on a date and do it. Get dressed up, go have a good time. If you feel like you need to have a book or a podcast or something to read to entertain you while you know you're eating, go for it. I like to have a little pocket notebook and I'll take little notes, but for the most part I don't really try to distract myself. I try to be really in the moment and present and you know absorb, you know, the other conversation around me and the ambiance and you know how the restaurant is decorated and what does it smell like and what am I eating and just really be be there like give myself the permission to be fully present in that moment now that I'm now that I'm recording this episode I'm thinking like oh I really don't do this enough and I should do it more so I guess that's my own little like takeaway there you know my intention is always to go to with somebody like I always have a reservation for two But in the instances that those people cancel and I don't have the opportunity to find a replacement, I I will say every time that I've gone by myself, it's always worked out. I've always had so much fun and and I've been in the right headspace to have fun. And so, you know, you can too, because inevitably you're going to have a reservation for a restaurant you're looking forward to and something will come up at the last minute. And I just want you to go. I want you to go and enjoy yourself. Go talk to the staff learn a bit about the chef, try the different foods, see what you like, see what you don't like, and see what happens. Here are some tips for when you are a party of one. First, choose the right setting. Opt for restaurants or cafes with cozy atmospheres or outdoor seating where you'll feel comfortable dining alone. Places with lively ambiances can also make solo dining more enjoyable. As you've just heard, I'm a big believer in posting up at the counter. 
Second, embrace the experience. View solo dining as an opportunity for self-reflection and relaxation. Use this time to savor your meal without distractions, appreciate the flavors, and indulge in the culinary experience. Third, engage with the staff. Strike up friendly conversations with the wait staff or bartenders so that they can provide you recommendations, share interesting stories about the restaurant or menu items, and make you feel more connected to the dining experience. I promise you, you'll have the best conversations. You'll learn. They'll bring you something special. Like You can't go wrong by engaging with the staff. Next, try new foods. Solo dining offers the perfect opportunity to explore new cuisines and dishes without having to accommodate anyone else's preferences. So you can step out of your comfort zone and experiment with unfamiliar foods and expand your culinary horizons just on your own terms, which is great. Lastly, practice mindfulness. Use solo dining as a chance to practice mindfulness and focus on the present moment. Pay attention to the flavors, the textures, and the aromas of your meal and savor each bite. This episode was made possible thanks to the Appetite app, the ultimate destination where you can discover, plan, and book restaurants in London. The Appetite app is available on the Apple App Store and Google Play stores. If you like this episode, make sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review or share with your friends and network. It's the single best way for board meeting to grow and gain visibility. There's plenty of space at the table and we'd love to have more company. We'll see you next time. You have just listened to the Chief of Stuff board meeting hosted by Sarah Maxwell. This episode was produced by Caroline Coyer, Caitlin Holland, and Izzy Murphy. The Chief of Stuff podcast is created by Chief of Stuff, Inc. All rights reserved. All right, that's it. 